Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty that we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want to help you reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale, buy all these products from every each way, often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you wonder, why am I not where I want to be in my business? Um, as our mentor and business partner, Dan Nicholson, says, the biggest risk is to not get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself. Um, not only a successful real estate investor, uh, but also certi certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of the show, please hit that subscribe button. That way we can help more people become wealthy on their terms. Uh, before we get into it, I'm sorry, title for today's show, the popular time hack. This popular time hack is dead wrong and it could be killing your business. Before we jump into that, six word update. What you got, Paul? Six word update today. Everything depends on everything else. And uh, that's just a, a silly little way of saying that I used to want to make these highly specific plans. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd spend all this time journaling and here's what we're going to do. And then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And, um, and then, of course, you get started on that plan and then life unfolds and it presents itself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden your plan needs to get adjusted and changed. And so instead, what I've had to kind of learn how to do is rewire everything towards it just it depends it depends on what happens next and yeah. everything depends on everything else and that's <laughs> sort of my way of saying you got to learn how to be comfortable with uncertainty right. Com un uh, comfortable not knowing exactly what the plan's going to be mm -hmm. but knowing that you've got the right tools and uh you know people around you to navigate uh the landscape yeah and you know just rewiring our brains and going through all this going through the whale club um, so we're doing nationwide, right? We're going to do nationwide wholesaling. And uh, I got Jade and he's running operations. And the first thing we got to figure out, because we already done the compiling, figure out collecting who's doing what and so on, right? Um, and then it's like, all right, Jade, I want you to sit down and come up with everything that can possibly go wrong, right? Plan the fail. Come up with everything that can possibly go wrong so we have a plan for all these things. Mm -hmm. Or at least a, some sort of contingency. And then he starts like the plan. I'm like, okay, here's everything we're going to do. I said, like, whoa, 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 hang on now. What are the one and two things we got to get right? Forget the rest of the plan. <laughs> like, yeah. what are the first couple of things we get right? Let's see if we can even lock up a deal nationwide before we go do all these other things. <laughs> so let's just slow down here. So let, we, we figure out everything that can go wrong. We've done the collecting, but all these other plans, like this 12 step plans, like, let's, let's just figure out if we can get one or two deals first. And then we'll see yeah. if we can dispo those deals. And then we'll figure out the rest after that. Well, and you know that you have the right tools to figure that stuff out. It's like, let's just not blow a bunch of brain power thinking about things that may not actually ever happen. Yeah. You know, we don't even know if we're going to get to step four because step two might, you know, lead us in a different direction. We might yeah. find a more efficient path forward. And, you know, that's the power of this operating system is yeah. not setting these rigid plans, but it's setting the, the, we used to call what you're describing there a failure mode effects analysis, an FMEA. And uh, this was an engineering term. So, you know, we would do this and we would look at like, what are all the bad things that could happen? And what are we going to do about them if they do? 
-hmm. We call this the parenting frame. You know, right. how do we prevent bad things from happening? If we can't prevent them, how do we detect them? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then it's like, okay, so then go get to work, start micro stepping, go engage and stop spending all this time trying to come up with the perfect plan. Because right. guess what? Like plans are just your best estimation into mm -hmm. the future of what reality is. And a lot of times that stuff never actually materializes. And so we just, like you said, we just need the next one to two things to go right. And then the ability to decide from there. Now, what is the best path forward? Yeah. Cause we might not even like it. We might do this. And we might just absolutely hate it. Yeah, that's a that's that's a very real potential outcome. Um, well, keep, keep us posted on that as you're doing it, because these case and points are obviously like really helpful. Um, this is what we share in the whale club. Mm -hmm. And we don't we don't um, bring as many specifics to this conversation on certainty talks as, you know, I would like. But I do. You know, you've got a fantastic opportunity there. So keep yeah. us posted as you're kind of using certainty to micro step into the nationwide wholesaling. Yeah, it's very different, right? The the mindset versus before. I was like, all right, let's go all in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my six word update: What are the absolute minimums? And this is a continuation of the conversation we had last week, right? Where we're talking about like, hey, maybe instead of going re revenue targets, which are more aspirational, let's go to minimum profit targets. Because if we are supposed to do two contracts a week and we don't, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, that was the goal, but you know, we didn't hit it. Now, if we work, it, our way, our, work our ways backward from minimum profits, like we must make this profit no matter what, and we know what are the KPIs to hit that, well, we don't hit those minimum KPIs. At this point, hey, uh, everyone needs to stop doing what they're supposed to be doing, <laughs> and let's focus on this one thing right here. Mm -hmm. So I, I am personally, if you guys just follow me on Facebook, I am personally generally pretty bad at holding people accountable as aspirational, we, could, we didn't get it, we didn't get it. But now, where it's like, hey, we don't do this, we're going to have a financial challenge. I am totally fine that reallocating resources now to make sure we hit this target. So mm -hmm. what are the absolute minimums? Changing, right, the way we, we attack everything. So this popular time hack is dead wrong and it could be killing your business. Is that clickbait? I don't know. We'll figure out, right, as we go through the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, please tell us because we were trying to come up with a more clickbaity way of uh, <laughs> describing this. Um, so yeah, let yeah. us know if it's clickbait by liking the. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe it, right? I I do believe it's absolutely dead wrong. So what's the problem? Um, we talk about people are selling your products, pitching you this and that, and they usually not usually, but often come from a good place. Well, this particular time hack, I think, comes from a very good place. I think these are people genuinely trying to help you. And that time hack is this arbitrage. Hey, Paul, how many? How much are you trying to make a year? Half a million? Okay, great. That's about two hundred fifty dollars an hour, right? We just divide by two thousand. All right, about two hundred fifty bucks uh, an hour. Great. All right. So, anything less than two hundred fifty dollars, Paul, you need to outsource. Mm -hmm. You can't do it if it's less than two hundred fifty dollars an hour. Again, I think that comes from a good meaning place. I think there are applications of this where this is true. But man, I think a lot of things have to happen and a lot of things have to be going right before that's true. So what do you got, Paul? Oh, man. Well, it's the special snowflake syndrome. Like we think a lot of times that we got into entrepreneurship because we don't want to do all the stuff. We don't want to <laughs> sweep the floors. We don't want to mop the clean the toilets and, you know, so to speak, uh, 
or again, so some of the offense, these are offenses that I've made. Again, you know, ask me how I know this stuff is how I like to say, right? Yeah. Because I've been there and Steve has too. And um, so we say things like my time is too valuable to spend on bookkeeping or to spend on cold calling or um, I'm a visionary. You know, we read that, <laughs> that book, yeah. right? Yeah, that let's, describes. Let's see. Let's Go talk ahead. about that book, right? It was uh, Rocket Fuel. Yeah. All right. So Rocket Fuel. You're a visionary, Paul. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. You're a visionary. You got to hire an integrator. And that yeah. integrator is this magical human, right? Who's going to help you with finances, marketing, sales, operations, um, <laughs> recruiting, managing your salespeople. <laughs> this, this unicorn of a human being is going to take care of all of these things. But maybe you don't start off with an integrator. Maybe you start off with, the, you know, just a couple of admins, this and that. Yeah. But and then we, we read that one line, and that's our favorite line from the book. <laughs> and that's not what the book just says. But we, that's our favorite line. Well, and it's almost like it gives us permission to, to make the claim of, well, I'm, I'm a visionary, and I know that because I read this book, and I took these personality tests, and this is what I want, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just going to hire somebody else to do all the things that I don't want to do, and I'll just do the things that I want to do. Uh, again, because somebody sold me on some marketing message that that's how you build a business. And again, here's the thing. That's not necessarily untrue. That's not what we're saying. It's just true in certain cases. Before we kicked off the show, we were just sort of joking about, you know, Michael Jordan and you and I are basketball guys. Yeah. And it's the idea of, well, yeah, Michael Jordan might be able to do a crossover step back fadeaway three. Uh, because he's freaking Michael Jordan, right? right? And uh, that's not permission to go into practice and be practicing crossover step-back fadeaway threes if you can't dribble with your left hand or shoot a layup with your left hand. Mm -hmm. It's like you've got to recognize that the people that have been able to remove themselves mm -hmm. from the business, they've made these mistakes likely and recognize that you can't just divorce yourself from parts of the business, especially financial parts of the business. Again, ask me how I know. I used to think that, oh, I'll just hire a bookkeeper and an accountant, and then I don't have to worry about the finances. I'll just worry about how to scale this team and sell, 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 sell. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, the business wasn't even profitable. Um, so, you know, this is, I think, the problem is that we've just been sold this idea that we're this special snowflake. And we don't have to do the things in business like mop the floors and practice left-handed layups and, you know, clean the toilets and all these different things inside of our business. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. So I know you wrote down a bunch of different statements. So you, you were, I, I cut you off there. So the first statement was, my time is too valuable. What was the first statement? I'm a visionary. <laughs> I'm a visionary. So look, um, I don't have to do this. All right. So what was the next one? <laughs> Let me pull up the ones that we were talking about yesterday on the whale call because I got rid of. Let me pull that back up. What was that week two? Yeah. So uh, my time is too valuable, right? Like I am trying to make uh, half a million a year. And so if I'm trying to make half a million a year, I can't be bothered with these $15 an hour activities. I can get a VA. I can get a VA, Paul, to do all these things I don't want to do. And I'm just going to hire them. And I'm not going to give them any policies or procedures or best practices or resources. I'm just going to pay them. And they have to figure it out, just like I have to figure it out. 
Yeah, because that stuff is beneath me, you yeah. know? Um, so, again, we run the risk of making this sound like absolute, like you can't hire or delegate things out inside your business. Mm -hmm. That is actually completely false. Mm -hmm. In order to grow and scale your business, you do have to find leverage. And we're going to finish the conversation talking about that. But what we're talking about here is the person who says my time is too valuable mm -hmm. and they're hiring all these things out, but your business is not uh, profitable or it's not quite as profitable as you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, that's really who we're talking to. And this was, this was me um, only about a year, year and a half ago. It's just like, I bought into this idea that the only way you grow is by outsourcing things to other people mm -hmm. before I really understood. I never cold called in my life. And I, I mean, for let's, 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 let's re um, explain that. I cold called a lot in previous jobs. I'd never done it specifically for this type of business. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to do that, but someone told me that cold calling was necessary. So what did I do? I went and hired a cold caller. Mm -hmm. I hired a bookkeeper because I was like, oh, I don't want to take the time to figure out how to run the books mm -hmm. correctly inside of my business. So I'm just going to outsource that and hire somebody else. Right. Meanwhile, we were bringing in. I mean, I, I don't remember the specific numbers, but for every dollar we were bringing in, we were reinvesting back mm -hmm. into the business yeah. or losing money every single month. And so when you actually slow down to evaluate what Dan calls the profit time index, which is really, and this, again, we realize this is going to be very triggering for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, your time, like how valuable is your time? Let's actually check that assumption because when you're saying my time is too valuable for this, like, is it though? Mm -hmm. Is it? Because if you're not running a profitable business, it's not. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's hang on to that thought, right? Yep. So we talk about how to like, you know, you went through the lines, right? Like, uh, this is, uh, I'm too important. My time's too valuable. I'm a visionary. Right. And when, when I hear these things, when you were saying it, it really resonated with me. It really triggered me. Right. But, <clears throat> and by, this is also a message to 2015 Steve, right? <laughs> because 2015 Steve was grossly violating this. Um, when, I, when I hear these things, it sounds to me like I'm too important to be doing these things. And what would you say to any person on the street that says, I'm too important? You'd slap them, right? That job's beneath me. You would slap that person, right? And so we got to be careful with, with the attitude. Uh, so I can speak, you know, 2015, 2016, I was... And I think 2014, I was consistently one of the top performing realtors in the Phoenix market, right? You guys heard me talk, uh, brag about this, had a brokerage, right? We're doing a lot of transactions year in, year out. I was re heavily recruited by Keller Williams, uh, by every title company that wanted my business, by every loan officer that wanted my business, like everyone wanted my business. So I'm doing a lot of deals, making a lot of revenue. What was my profitability? 8%? Yep. <laughs> Horrendous. Right, because I was grossly violating this. If this wasn't helping me make a certain amount per hour, I'm sorry. If the re if the responsibility was less than a certain amount per hour, I just didn't do it. I just outsourced yeah. it, and the direct result was that this profit time index we're talking about, where in my head, 
right? I'm a half million dollar a year person, which means 250,000 an hour. That's what I was in my head. But guess where it wasn't? On my tax return. Right. <laughs> in my bank account, in QuickBooks, where it matters. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the high month paradigm. We're already assuming the identity that we want without actually having the business results to get there. And this <laughs> is actually what drives a lot of people to get really pissed about the fake gurus out there and mm -hmm. you know, the people who are posting checks about revenue. And it's like, who cares? What does that have to do with anything? How much are you taking home? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of us get caught up in business outsourcing things too early on just because we don't want to do them. And what that ends up doing is getting us further away from what we actually are trying to be in business for what a lot of times is to get financial certainty, mm -hmm. financial security, whatever that means for you. But then you start hiring people out, assuming that your time is more valuable than it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, and so like we have to take a look at the, at the profitability of the business. That's what you're explaining there. Yeah. Um, because a lot of us are outsourcing things and we're barely getting by or we're losing money month after month, year after year. Again, ask me how I know. Um, so again, the, you've said this already, what exists a lot online and in, you know, on YouTube and on podcasts and at masterminds is like anything less than $200 an hour, $250 an hour. Like you should be outsourcing that because your time is too val valuable. And all we're saying is if you don't check that assumption, you might kill your business inadvertently just because you want that identity so badly. Right. We took two different things, right? We took the, if it's less than this much an hour, you shouldn't do it. And by the way, you're the visionary, so you shouldn't be doing it. And we give ourselves permissions to kind of check out of the things that are important, right? Mm -hmm. So again, I don't think it's, it's so much that you shouldn't be uh, hiring. It's not that I don't believe you shouldn't be delegating or you shouldn't be arbitraging, right? If you are checking that assumption and that assumption is valid, then yeah, 100% you should be, right? Right. But that assumption is not valid yet. You got to evaluate. And so what are the different areas? Because you kind of talk about like cold calling, right? The bookkeeper, this and that. I kind of picture like you're going into a store and you're buying all of these uh, items, but they're not even finished yet. Maybe like it's like Ikea, right? You go buy this little coffee table. You go buy this little bookshelf over here. Like... Yeah, you bought it and you own it, but it doesn't mean it's fully complete. And so we see this all the time. Uh, we hire VAs, right? $4 an hour. I've seen some people pay like dollar an hour is insane, right? But let's say $4 an hour. And what do we give them? Nothing, right? We don't give them the processes, the procedures how to do their job right, how to excel in the role, what success looks like in their role and this and that. And we just expect them to go do these things. Like, hey, go watch these Loom videos. Go watch, um, go read these other people's process procedures. But if you haven't done these things, how can you be a resource for them? I think the, the grossest violations I see this is in hiring cold callers. I love hiring cold callers. I think it's a good idea. Once you know what cold calling is supposed to sound like, once you've actually hit the phones and talk to homeowners and have them get upset with, at you, right? Have them scream at you. Have homeowners schedule an appointment where you where they don't even show up. We actually had an appointment on Tuesday at 5 p.m., right? Uh, it was a lead that came in. Uh, lead came in. Our VA, uh, our VA lead manager, 
uh, is texting with them, calls them, talks to this person, schedules a, a 5 p.m. appointment for me on a Tuesday. Okay, I like to do my homework before I go. Let me underwrite this deal. Let me see where I'm at and this and that. Look at the address. Oh, there's a great area, right? I am stoked. Yeah, look at the tax records. Well, just so happens, Open Door owns this property. Okay, that's unfortunate. That's not going to work out. Also, the guy's dead. So I don't know who the VA's been talking to, right? I could totally <laughs> like lose my mind on the VA, right? Like, how could you not know this? Except now I know what it's like to have a person lie to you and act as if they're the person and give you every hint in the world that they're a real person, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all these different things that once you've done it, you could be more empathizing. You can help coach them through a situation. But if you've never done it, how can you coach someone through those situations? That's, that's a huge part of, the, of this is... <clears throat> you're just sort of speaking to outsourcing things that you just don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't even understand what you're outsourcing. So you can't even understand the trade-offs that you're making. You just, you have no frame of reference for mm -hmm. the trade-off that you're making because you've, you've never done it before. Uh, so, so that's a huge part. The experience of not having done it or understanding it yourself. I'm not saying you have to understand every facet of every business to be able to outsource it. Yeah, you don't have to be excellent at it. But you have to understand it. You should very well understand it. And not only that, but there's a cost component to this. I, I think cold calling is such a fantastic example because we're looking at it and like, shoot, man, I can get this five, six dollars an hour. I can hire someone overseas and they'll make cold calls for me. And so let's let's I think this first step here. And again, if this triggers you. I'm sorry, but this is <laughs> this is part of the whole special snowflake thing that we got to got to bust, and you've got to fight. I actually listened to a, a YouTube video that Ren Bartlett sent me yesterday. Uh, Alex Hermosi was talking about these different levels in business, and the you know like you, like in a video game, you've got to beat a boss mm -hmm. to kind of get to the next level. Well, one of the bosses you have to beat in real estate is getting over this idea that your time is too valuable. Um, to do certain things if you, you got to get over that first mm -hmm. so the first thing is you got to figure out like what is your time actually worth this is where the triggering starts to come in because let's let's say for example you i think a lot of us would agree in your first year or two if you make a hundred thousand dollars that's a pretty successful year wouldn't you say absolutely for first year that's remarkable yeah i mean even for someone who's been in this for two three four five years a hundred thousand dollars is nothing to snub your nose mm -hmm. at right so let's check some assumptions real quick, right? Let's say after all the work that you put in and let's say you're, you're someone who only works 40 hours a week, which is not the case for most entrepreneurs. Most entrepreneurs are working 60 hours a week, mm -hmm. but let's say you're working 40 hours a week. Well, 40 times 50 uh, weeks in the year is about 2000 hours in the year that you're working. So what we really want to try to drive toward is like, what is your effective hourly rate? What is your, as Dan calls it, the profit time index? Mm -hmm. How much profit are you making per every unit of time that you're spending? If you make $100,000 and you spend 2,000 hours a week or a, a year, your hourly rate is 50 bucks. If you're a typical entrepreneur and you're spending 60 hours a week, let's see. So what is 100,000? I should probably do this in my head. Divided by 3,000, it's like 30 something. Yeah, 33, duh. So $33 an hour. And meanwhile, 
we're assuming that our time is worth more, you know, like $250,000 an hour. Mm -hmm. But if you're at $33 an hour and, you know, really you're talking about $250,000 or $250 an hour, it's almost like a factor of eight. Mm -hmm. But but here's the thing. Most of us aren't making $100,000 in our first year or two. Right. That would be a fantastic result. We, we would aspire to that. Mm-hmm. Most of us are barely breaking even. Most of us have, maybe we have a really good month or a good quarter, but we've put so much time and energy into it that for, you know, you kind of, I always describe it as an assembly line. Like initially when you're building a business, you're running from one end of the assembly line to the other. Mm -hmm. You get all the way to the end and you close these deals and you realize, oh crap, I got to go back and dig up a bunch of, uh, you know, deals and, and leads and stuff like this to start working again. And so my experience was, yeah. I might have, you know, it wasn't $100,000. It was like we had a really good month or a good quarter, really, really high watermark, and everyone's feeling great, and then it's two, three months of starvation. Like nothing's, you know, coming yeah. in. And when you really evaluate, especially if you're making, let's do this example with uh, you break even. Like mm-hmm. let's say you spend all this time, you know, 60 hours a week to break even. What is your effective rate? Zero. It's negative. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. You're you're losing every. Well, I should say like this. Every hour that you spend working, you're making zero dollars. Mm-hmm. And again, this is just the facts. I think part of what we talk about case and compiling is what is your actual time worth? Because it's probably not as high as you think that it is, especially at the beginning of your business. Yeah. And so what what triggers people or, or where we go from here? The natural question is, OK, so what are you saying, Paul? Like, do I need to like start taking back a lot of these tasks that I hate doing? And the answer is, it depends. You know, it depends. Really helpful, Paul. If you're, really helpful. <laughs> it depends on this. Like, if you're losing money mm-hmm. in your business and you're barely breaking even and you're feeling stress and anxiety about that, it's not a profitable business or where you'd like it to be, the answer is probably yes. Mm-hmm. The answer is probably your time is not worth as much as you think that it is. And what we've got to do is we probably need to pull back some of those tasks so we can raise our effective hourly rate. Um, But really the point is not necessarily to say, what tasks do I need to take back? The point is like, how can I leverage the time I freed up so I can get a better return on the time that I am spending in the business? Because here's the thing, if you're at, $50 an hour or less than that or something, you know, unacceptable. The question is really, well, what are you spending your time on? Because whatever you're doing and you're spending your time on, it's not actually moving the needle. Mm -hmm. It's not getting you where you want. So it's less in my mind about what tasks do I need to take back and more like, how can I get a better return on the time that I am spending inside the business? Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to, we're talking about cold calling, right? And I'm not saying everyone has a cold call, uh, but the the next thing after cold calling is you hire lead managers, right? And after you hire lead managers, and acquisition managers, and after acquisition managers, maybe you hire a sales manager, right? Well, depending on where you are in the business, it might not be awful to run more appointments, or it might not be awful to do some of the lead manager calls, right? Like I think if we're talking about finding the places where you can get more for your time. There's no better windows or efforts inside your business 
than revenue generating activities. Yes. Right? Uh, you should spend as much time there as possible as you're freeing up time. So yeah. I think it's, it's a combination of two different things, right? It's like freeing up time so you can do more of the high income activities. But then also you might want to evaluate all the things you got going on. Evaluating every expense. Does it have an does it have an ROI? Is every single lead source producing the ROI that you were expecting? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we got into business for, to make a, a profit. Mm-hmm. And if we are the leaders, the visionaries of our businesses, well, it's our responsibility to, to divert, how do I say, to direct action in the right places that are going to move the needle. And I mean, we can't fall, we can't like have this whole self-victimization thing where we're running businesses that are barely breaking even, but we're mm-hmm. outsourcing all of these other things because we don't want to do them. It's like, well, <laughs> we got to reevaluate our assumptions. And I was doing this for almost two years, mm-hmm. you know, growing a business in a way that was pretty much just saying, I just want to do the stuff that I want to do. And I don't want to do the things that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to hire someone to do all those things. Um, and I think that is part of the process at a certain point in the business. Yeah. And if you're not running a profitable business, first first step is like, let's make sure we are, you know? And then in my mind, it's about how do we increase not necessarily revenue, but the profit time index? Mm-hmm. How much money are we making per hour? Like what is our time worth? There's two ways I think you can you can improve that. First is work less in the business. So uh, if you're making $100,000 and you're spending 60 hours a week, your hourly rate is going to be less than mm-hmm. if you were spending 40 hours a week. Right. It's also going to be less if you were spending 20 hours a week. Yeah. So recapturing time that you're spending on stuff doesn't actually move the needle. Like you're sitting around making spreadsheets about all the great plans that you're going to do. Is that revenue generating activity? No. So really it's, it's not necessarily like the first step isn't take on a bunch of more tasks. I'm not suggesting you should do that. Yeah. It might be what you need to do, but the first step is like, where can we stop doing things Mm -hmm. that aren't, at least getting us our minimum effective or our minimum rate that we're trying to get to. Yeah. So we're saying it could be one of two things. It could be, uh, well, not one of two things. I probably one of three things. So you got to evaluate the tasks that you're paying for and figure out that you still need it. Right. If you're not making the kind of money you want to make, figure out if you still need it and you still need it. Is it right to outsource or maybe you keep it? The other thing we're talking about is, you know, and, Paul and I have been on this recapture, reallocate kick for a while because of Nick, because of Nick Peterson, right? But maybe you need to recapture your time and reallocate your time. Like, hey, I'm spending 15 hours a week doing this, right? And it could be firefighting, right? Maybe instead of spending 15 hours a week firefighting, I spend 15 hours a week on lead follow-up and face-to-face appointments. That will make up for the, any any other deals lost on the firefighting side. So... Mm-hmm evaluate all the different things you're doing in the business. Yeah. Well, let me give a, so most people are probably familiar with the 80, 20 principle, mm-hmm. right? And the idea in business is that there's typically 20%. Let's just use time in this case, 20% of your time 
that you're spending in the business is generating 80% of the results. Right. Which means 80% of your time that you're spending is not contributing to the profitability of the business. And, and I guess you could probably look at that a couple different ways, but I think the idea here is the top 20%, we want to do more of that. Yeah. The bottom 20%, we just want to get rid of it. Like just stop doing it. Um, and recapture that and reallocate it towards things that are revenue generating. And that in my mind is the first step. <clears throat> Got to know what your time is actually worth without um, the special snowflake syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. We all want our time to be worth more, but it's a rude awakening when you realize that if you're not making any money in your business, that VA you're hiring for $5 an hour is actually more valuable to the business than you are. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. So what are we going to do about it? First step is what can we actually take back to increase the value of our time? Mm -hmm. So stop doing stuff that's not contributing and let's reallocate that towards the things that are. And also know that this is not a permanent thing. Like this is constantly evolving. There is a very clear path for you to exit a business. It's not like we're saying that's not doable. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is you got to go through the process first. And if you're buying into this idea that your time is too valuable, but you're but you're stressed out, you're not bringing home the money that you want to bring home. Every dollar you make is investing back into hiring someone else to do something that you don't want to do. But you might be violating this and it might be contributing to the stress and the anxiety that you have. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, it's a recipe for disaster in your business if left unchecked for too long. Yeah, and I think the other thing to look at too, because I remember when I first heard this, you know, I, I've been in business for some time. I remember the first time I heard this, like, well, is, is the hourly rate like revenue or profit? Which one are we talking about here, right? Am I making half a million dollars in revenue so I, I, every activity has to be $250 an hour? Or are we talking about profit? And what we're suggesting here, is profit. You got to focus on how profitable your company is. If your company is not generating the half a million or a hundred thousand, right? If it's not generating a hundred thousand a year net, then you're not really worth $50 an hour. And it might be tough to hear, but if you're not generating a hundred thousand dollars a year net, your time is not worth $50 an hour because that's not what the results are showing. Right. And, and the good news is that's all fixable. Like, Again, we've fixed it. We've fixed a lot of these problems in our business. You just have to redesign the system. We, we say this inside of Whale Club all the time that your, your inputs plus your processes equal your outputs. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like the output, we've got to look at the inputs and the processes. That's what a system is. A system is a series of inputs, processes, and outputs. Right. It's fairly simple from a high level. So again, if you don't like the result that you're getting, you don't like the output, and it stings a little bit that maybe you have a negative cost time per hour, every time you show up, you're basically paying your business to work. Yeah. If you're losing money in your business, you are paying business. You're paying money to your business every day when you show you're up. You're paying to be there. Paying to be there. So if that's the case, just stop. The system that you're using is broken. Um. And I know we're sort of kind of nearing the end of the show here. Let me just tell you, here's the shortcut. Uh, go read Rigging the Game. Mm -hmm. That book is a process. The Certainty Operating System is a process to 
build a profitable business, to build a reliable business. And a lot of times that means unlearning things. It means we got to go back in and we got to change the inputs and the, and the processes mm-hmm. because what you're doing right now is not getting the outcome or the output that you're, you're looking for. And, um, there is a process you can go through to, to check these assumptions, to make decisions and change things inside of your business. This is really what we do inside of whale clubs. We help people do that. We help them get clarity on what do they actually want out of life and business? Like, what do you actually want here? Mm-hmm. Um, it, what is, what is your game? And again, just all we're, all we're suggesting here, we're not saying, well, we did say dead wrong. All we're saying is we're just suggesting is evaluate all your assumptions, yeah. right? Just look at what does your PL say? Does your PL say $100,000 a year? If it does, you're worth 50 bucks an hour. If it doesn't, and, and I guess the next thing is, what does your PL say compared to what you're telling yourself? Yeah. If it's in alignment, great. Keep doing what you're doing. You're killing it. If it's not, we encourage you to go evaluate all your expenses. What's the ROI on it? What's the, what are you doing with your time? Right. Not in a bad way, but like, is your time, are you doing what's the best use for the company with your time? That's all we're suggesting. Yeah. And the other, I guess, a natural question from this is, well, how do I know when to start outsourcing? How do I know when to start hiring things out? Well, we've got to first optimize for your time. If you're the mm-hmm. business owner, you should be the most highest value. The, the work that you put into the business should yield a return higher than any other investment that you're making inside of your business. That's my belief. Absolutely. Um, and at a certain point, you're going to, you're going to be like, think about the surgeon, you know, think about the surgeon. Do you think that they just, um, First of all, they went through a lot of schooling mm-hmm. to become a surgeon. They had to go through undergrad and then medical school and then they their residency and all sorts of stuff just to be able to be the guy that walks into the operating room. Everything's already prepared for him. The nurses, the I, I don't I'm not a medical guy, but all the, the patients on the table, he's all ready. Mm-hmm. He's all prepared. And that surgeon, you know, it's like doc, the Dr. Oz thing. Like he just puts his gloves on, he comes in, he makes a snip. And then he's out of there. Mm-hmm. What is his profit time index? What is his effective hourly rate? It's freaking massive. It's something I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it probably didn't start out that way. His no. return on his time wasn't super high at the beginning. And that's a harsh realization for us to kind of all go through is if you want to build a successful business, it means humbling yourself a little bit and saying, well, the goal is to make it so that my time is so valuable that it doesn't make sense for me to do a lot of these tasks any longer. Yeah. But if that's not the case at the beginning, again, we, we're just suggesting to reevaluate that assumption. And if you are living paycheck to paycheck, you're f- constantly fighting to stay above zero in profitability. And again, it's no, there's no shame here. This is how most businesses start out. It's like absolutely no shame. I hope that we're not... Um, insinuating that that's like not, that is a very normal part of entrepreneurship is to stub your toe, get kicked in the face, broken nose, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just part of it, but it doesn't have to be a mistake that you make if you're in that position. 
Uh, don't assume that you're this special snowflake and run your business into bankruptcy because you're not willing to do the things that need to be done. Um, and you're just trying to hire it out and pay someone else to do it because you'd just rather not. Right. Absolutely. I think it makes total sense. Uh, so, guys, you know, we talked about a lot of different things here. You know, hopefully this makes sense. Hopefully we lived up to the title of the show. Um, Paul already mentioned, right, picking up rigging the game. Uh, if you guys are interested in building a reliable, profitable, and fulfilling business, after re after reading the book, if you want any help from Paul, right, go to realestatecertainty.com, schedule a, a session. Paul can maybe even help you evaluate these questions, right, if you have questions about this. But, you know, uh, like we said, you know, we, we created this show to help more people get wealthy on their terms. Uh, if you made it this far, we probably didn't offend you. Right. But if we did, that was not the intent. Really, we just want to shine a light on a very popular message that we don't think applies universally. Yeah, it's definitely not a universal thing. It's true at a certain point. But, you know, don't try to be Michael Jordan doing step back fadeaway threes. Like if you don't know how to shoot left handed layups, yeah. you know, <laughs> got to go through the process of of becoming that business owner. And I get it. It's hard. It takes a while. It's not comfortable, mm -hmm. but this is part of, uh, anytime I now meet a successful business owner that's been doing this for a while that has a highly reliable and profitable business, the amount of respect I have for the journey of that, what they've been on is, is immense because I know they've been through that process. They've tried to hire themselves out too quickly. Everybody makes that mistake. Mm -hmm. Everyone. So you're not alone. We all make this mistake. But there is a remedy to that, and it starts by just really understanding your numbers. You got to collect the, the the information to know what is your time actually worth. Um, yeah. So, well, Steve, I want to I want to mention something before we wrap up today. Uh, most people know we've been talking about uh, we all talk about certainty here all the time, and again, this is what we help active real estate investors who are really doing more than about two hundred fifty k a year, kind of as a minimum. Uh, we call this the whale club and we help people implement these tools into their life and business so that they can get clarity and design a life around what they actually want, navigate the terrain. Um, we've actually got close to a hundred members in that group. It's, it's kind of growing like a weed. So first of all, if you are interested in learning more about how to apply these things in a, in your business and joining a community of people who find it worthwhile to do this, go check out realestatecertainty.com. You can, you can learn more about the whale club. But what I'm also really excited about is because we've been doing this for the last two years and we have learned how to, we've made the mistakes. We've had the successes in active real estate investing at a pretty high level. I think a lot of us, um, we're, we, we now feel it's the right time to start helping folks who are new to real estate or they're just getting started. Maybe they're doing their first couple deals. Maybe they are just looking to passively invest. They're not trying to be active, you know, big real estate investors. They just want to grow a small portfolio or maybe you're just getting started. Well, if that's you, we've got a pretty cool, uh, webinar series that we're going to be doing next week. You can learn more about this at realestatecertainty.com. In the upper left-hand corner there, it says three-part webinar series. This is going to be a completely free series that we're offering to just share our experiences. Like This is how under the hood, what we've been doing for the last two years, how we've applied it, the mistakes that we've made um, so that we can pass this information along to the next generation of, of investors that are sort of coming through. So 
Um, again, this is completely free. It's going to be Tuesday uh, night. Uh, let's see, 29th, I believe, August 29th. So point is, if you want to learn more about this, go to realestatecertainty.com. You can see uh, in the upper right-hand corner, three-part webinar series. It's completely free. We're just going to be sharing our experiences and how if you're new to real estate or you're new to passive investing, you want to build this type of a portfolio, here's how you can use these frameworks from rigging the game from the certainty operating system that, again, almost 100 of us active investors have been using and um, testing, I should say, like actually field testing this stuff for the last year. And we're thrilled to do this. It's going to be run by some whales. So we'd love to see you guys there. If you have any interest in that, go check it out. Awesome. Cool. So see you guys in there. Uh, and then we will see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone.